Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 84, where in a moment, we look at how to help if you're having problems paying your mortgage. That's today's show topic and it's on the way, like I say, in just a moment. But please bear in mind, if you have a general financial query, you're in the right place because we have an enormous resource of free advice right here. You can access it all simply through delving into our back catalogue of shows because in our programmes to date, we featured loads of stuff, pensions, investing, life insurance, loads more, you name it, we've done it pretty much. And last week, we looked at life insurance for business owners with guest expert James Irving Lewis. Now, remember, we can drill down and focus on pretty much anything forensically. Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll get us there. Like I say, an enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And then that way, you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis. With me, as always, the star of our show. It's Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you today? Good, thank you. Okay, it's an important one because for most people, I'd imagine their mortgage is the biggest single monthly financial commitment they have. And these days where there's talk every day now of the cost of living crisis, the heat or eat debate and all of that, everybody, no matter their circumstances, is being stretched more now than they ever have at any other point in their lifetime. The temptation to look at the mortgage payment one month and try to figure if there's a way out of paying it so you can survive more easily and the other stuff, it must be huge. We can all see how someone could get there. And I'm pretty certain this one's going to be an obvious answer, but why is it so important to keep up with your mortgage repayments, Phil. Yeah, you're right. I mean, at the minute, I think people are finding things tougher and sometimes you, you start to look at ways to think, right, how could I re- reduce things? But you, you'll remember the, the old disclaimer, your home is at risk if you do not keep up payments on a mortgage or other loans secured on it. That's often tagged in at the, the end of various adverts and stuff or in the small print somewhere when, when someone's getting a mortgage. But the, the main thing is if, if you fail to pay your mortgage, you could end up, losing your home at, at some point in time. So really important to, to try and keep up with the mortgage payments if you can. But at the minute, I know a lot of people are finding things harder and it's not always possible to, to do that. So if someone does lose their home, then at that point, they might find it difficult to keep a roof over their head. So the mortgage is usually one of the most important things if you do have a, a mortgage to be paying out. Yeah, it's all really well in principle, of course, but as always, it's a battle of what's coming in against what's going out. And as I mentioned in these times, what may have been enough coming in last month isn't enough this month. And it's not through a case of you spending money sort of fleetingly, willy-nilly down the bookies or in the pub. It's just the price of everything's gone up and it's not reflected in your salary. So those hassles aren't going away anytime soon. Where do you start then, Phil, if you, if you are having difficulty paying your mortgage? Yeah, first of all, what I would say is don't bury your head in, in the sand. And a good place to start is just to acknowledge that you are having difficulties with things. Sometimes it's easy to, to just think, oh, if I leave things, it'll get better itself. But that's often not the, the case at all. And one of the first places to, to go is to, to speak to your mortgage lender. They'll have good experience of, of people being in that same sort of situation. And the, the good thing is they'll keep you right with the various options that you have as well. It's important to make a budget. That, that's another thing that I would say. Take a look at all your ins and outs. 
have a look to see if there's any way that you can earn a bit more and, and maybe spend a bit less. Again, I know that's not always possible as well. So making a budget would be, be quite a good thing. What One place that you can go, the, the Money Helper website is quite good for, for budgeting tools. So I would point people in the direction there if, if need be. But sometimes if you're having difficulty with, with payments on things, it's good to sometimes prioritise your debts. What you'll find, I know if, if you speak to a debt advisor, what they would usually do is try to say, look, the mortgage is one of the most important debts you have. So try and make the payments to that where you can. And if you are going to miss things, sometimes they would recommend more missing things like your credit cards or loan payments. Sometimes it can be better for people to, to do that. There's a lot of different debt companies out there. So we'll, we'll kind of touch on that as we, we go through the show today as well. But another thing I often urge people to do is, is have a look to see if they've got any policies in place. I mean, the, the reason they might be having difficulties is they've maybe lost their job or they've maybe been incapacitated, can't work for some reason. And if that's the case, you should always just have a look and see, right, do I have any insurance policies in place? Did I have unemployment insurance? Do I have income protection, accident sickness cover? I, I have seen it in the past where I, I've seen a couple of times where someone's had some sort of critical illness and would have got a payout on their critical illness insurance, but they didn't know that what they had was covered in that. So it is important just to see if you have any insurance policies and what might be covered there. I suppose it's important to stress, and you mentioned this moment two ago, everyone has this great fear that if you can't pay your mortgage, you lose your house. And ultimately that is what can happen. But there's a lot of ground to cover before that's the case, isn't it? I mean, I think most people get the jitters from those radio ads that you were talking about, which end, your home is at risk if you do not keep up repayments on a mortgage or other loans secured upon it. There's just that feeling that you go from here to there instantaneously, and that's worth mentioning. But let's say you fall a bit behind, and then maybe you get you know a little bit more cash coming. How do you then go about paying off your mortgage arrears? Uh, usually, it takes a wee bit of time for things have to to be pretty bad before you end up losing your your home. So that that's one good thing is if if you do miss some mortgage payments, it's not going to impact you straight away. It usually takes lenders a bit of time. They'll try. They, that's one thing. Lenders have got to treat people fairly. So they, they'll do all they can to try and help you not lose your home. But if you do fall into having mortgage arrears, you, you want to do to try and get caught up as soon as you can once you start getting more solvent again. What, what I've often said to folk is, look, if you can then afford to pay some of that arrears back each month, try and make your normal monthly payment and try and just top it up with, with any extra that you can afford to as well. One thing I've been saying to folk over quite a number of years now, when, when interest rates were low and times were better, I, I was saying to a lot of folk, look, overpay on your mortgage so that you've got a bit of a buffer there. And, and a lot of folk would say, oh, good, well, I'll reduce the mortgage term. And I was like, no, just keep it as it is at the minute, but pay the extra in. And then it gives you just a wee bit more of a, a buffer. So that's something I had been saying to folk over the, the last few years. But if you're having difficulty, it's good to explore different options. I mean, one, one thing that you can do to try and take your mortgage payments down is to see about extending the term of the mortgage. So you might want to speak to your mortgage lender about that to see if they'll allow you to, to increase the term. So if you're on a repayment mortgage, that would then reduce your, your monthly payments there. For some people, they'll say to the lender, look, can I change from repayment to an interest-only 
mortgage for a period of time. So that, that's another option that some lenders might do. Although these days I'm tending to find that lenders are not as keen on, on doing that as what they used to in, in the past. They like to see that people have got some kind of way of paying the debt off at, at some point in the future. It is also worth checking with your mortgage lender to see if they can do what's called a payment holiday. I know a lot of people kind of took advantage of payment holidays when they were furloughed and that a year or two ago. Some some lenders will allow you, once you've made so many payments in, there are some lenders that will allow you to miss a payment or two by taking a payment holiday. But again, it's important to note that if you do miss any payments or take payment holidays, that money is going to need to be paid back at some time. And it could end up that you end up paying more interest because of that as well. The other thing that I'm thinking there about the payment holiday, will that affect your credit score, Phil? Payment holidays won't affect your credit score. You'll tend to find if you actually miss mortgage payments, then that will impact on your mm. credit score and your credit rating. A good, that, that is probably a good question. Good difference between the, the two there. Okay. I'm wondering here, Phil, also if there might be a possibility where you could be sitting on a, a solution without even knowing it, really. I mean, could people look at cashing in other assets that they've got, like endowments and pensions and things like that, to, to help sort of keep up mortgage payments? Yeah, I mean, these days we don't come across as many endowment plans as we, we used to in the past. But I mean, if, if you've got other savings or investments, certainly it's worth kind of exploring and, and considering maybe using other monies that you might be able to get your hands on. And you, you mentioned pensions there as well. If, if you're over the age of 55, where the pension freedoms came in. So if you've got personal pensions, you can access that money over the age of 55. You, you can usually take... 25% of your pension pot is a tax-free lump sum. If you're taking more than that, you'll have to watch because there could be tax consequences of doing that as well. There wouldn't be any point taking money out if you were going to get hit with, with maybe quite a hefty tax charge. So that's probably an area where if, if you were in that position and you did have pensions and you were over the age of 55, probably better speaking to a financial advisor just to, to review all of that as well. And you also need to bear in mind if you are taking money out of your pension, that's going to give you less when you retire. I mean, you could try and make that back up at, at some point in time, but certainly options if, if you're over the age of 55, that there could be options for you to, to look at try to take money out of your pensions. I know we, we always go to great pains telling people if at all possible, you should always try and keep up with making your, your mortgage payments. But is there anything that people having difficulty paying the mortgage should maybe avoid? Yeah, I would say what one of the, the kind of ones to avoid is looking at taking out a payday loan to pay your mortgage. I've, I've seen some people do that in the past and you tend to find that the interest rates on payday loans are very expensive. So ideally, you wouldn't want to be going down that route. Also, another thing that's really important if you're, you're finding things hard is to watch out for any essential insurances that you might have. And what, what I mean by that is things like buildings insurance, because you might think, oh, I'll get away with not paying this, but you want your building to be insured. So if you're, okay, it's an extreme example, but if your house burnt down, if you didn't have buildings insurance, then you're going to be in real dilemma if that happens. So really be careful for any kind of essential insurances. I mean, I, I know at, at times like these, often people will review things like their life insurance and income protection, critical illness cover. And quite often they can be ones that, that people might think, right, I'll get rid of this. If someone is looking to get rid of that sort of policies, again, if, if you've had any health issues in the past that's maybe 
not such a good idea to get rid of those, but uh, sometimes people will, will look at any ways to try and cut their cloth when, when times are hard. Just sit in the basement and wrap myself up in pillows. Um, <laughs> is, there a, is there any kind of financial help available here from the government, Phil? Years ago, they, they used to have a thing called MIRAS, which stood for Mortgage Interest Relief at Source. So that, that used to kind of help folk a wee bit on their, their mortgage payments, but that stopped several years ago now. And, you know, generally there, there isn't really a great deal of help out there. You, you may, depending on why you can't pay your mortgage, I mean, it may be that you could qualify for, for some state benefits. There, there is a thing called support for mortgage interest. The, the downside with that is that it takes 39 weeks from the time you claim until the first payment's made. Wow. So if you're in like financial difficulties, that's a heck of a long time to to have to to wait. So as I, I've seen it a lot. I mean, and not so much lately. I mean, with COVID, there hasn't been so much probably mortgage arrears and hasn't been a much, as much uh, repossessions over the last couple of years because of COVID. But a lot of people often think they can just hand the keys back to the lender and, and that's it. But one of the downsides of doing that is that if you, you do that, you, the lender could sell your property for a lot less than what it's actually worth. And if you put a deposit down, you could end up losing that as well. So it's, it's just remembering that if, if you have mortgage arrears or have had a property repossessed, it's also going to make getting credit more difficult in the future as well. So a lot to, to think about if, if you are finding things difficult with your mortgage payments. In the time where, where I've given this a, a bit of thought, Phil, and I, I guess this might be a lot of people who've perhaps maybe lost a, a high-paying job or they've had their salary drastically reduced. They could be living in a, in a relatively expensive home, which is a millstone around their neck. But I wonder, you know, if it might also be their salvation. What about the option to sell your house, to clear debts? Yeah, certainly selling would be a, an option for some people. I guess a lot would depend on how much equity you've got in your property. And what I mean by that is how much is your mortgage and how much could you sell the property for? And the difference there is the, the equity. So that's the money you would get back out. I, I guess one of the downsides to selling is you've got the costs of that. Some people might try to, to downsize, but then if if they miss mortgage payments, as I say, it could then be difficult to get a mortgage again in the near future. But uh, another option I've seen some people look at in the past is you, you can do what's called selling and then renting back your property. Again, one of the downsides with that is that often you're not going to get as good a sale price on the property from the company that's that's going to buy it off you. Also, they might restrict how long you can rent it back for as well. It might only be for a period or a year or a couple of years. So there'd be quite a few things to look into if you were looking into that sort of arrangement. And I see a lot, especially on places like LinkedIn, you've got a lot of property kind of people out there that are looking to try and buy homes off you if you are in financial difficulty. But again, what you'll find is that if you're in a real pickle and need to sell quickly, you're not going to be in a good position to negotiate a better price on, on your property mm. if you sell. So one, again, what I would say there is that the better financial position you're in, the more you're likely to be able to get for, for your home as well if you did decide to sell it. Okay. Let's say you've exhausted your options. You're out of ideas. You pulled all the rabbits out of the hat you can. What happens if you just 
can't keep up with payments. Do things then escalate and go through the courts? Yeah, eventually what would happen is that your lender would look to take you to court. And if things go to court, I would always recommend that you attend because if you don't attend, it's more likely that the lender will be given the right to, to evict you at that point. And the, the courts, they can sometimes agree a repayment plan. But again, however, and sometimes, unfortunately, people will be evicted and, and lose their home. But fortunately, it doesn't happen on a huge amount of occasions, but it is something that come time, if you keep not paying the payments or making plans to, to try and repay the debt, then unfortunately that's the, the sad thing that can happen. Okay. If someone's listening to this in search of an answer, they, they maybe haven't thought of Phil, they, they realize they need help with debts. We've spoken about the likes of government help. Is there anywhere else that they can go? Yeah. I mean, locally, I mean, in, in the Aberdeen area, we had on Wendy Fleming on one podcast in the past. She's with a, a charity called Ditch Debt with Dignity. Um, so that's like a, a more local one in, in the area that, that we're based. But nationally, you, you've got their Step Change and Citizens Advisor are, are quite good resources as well. The stepchange.org is the website for, for that one. And then you've got citizensadvice.org.uk. There, there's a lot of places that you can go for free debt advice services and one one kind of tip that i would say as well is you've sometimes to watch out for companies that have got misleading names that try to make out that they're like a debt charity but sometimes they're an actual business what one thing i always say is never pay for for debt advice services use one of the the free services that's that's out there so companies like stepchange.org and and citizens advice are, are quite good ones that can help you if you're struggling Okay, so I guess the message here is not to stick your head in the sand, just sort of keep plodding on, hoping things will get better. There are options available to you, but the important thing is that you engage with them earlier in the day. I mean, what are the other sort of key takeaway points from this one, Phil? Yeah, definitely. I would say that the kind of key takeaways from today are speak to your lender. If you are struggling, speak to them, see what they can help you with. They, they've seen it all before. They, they are there to, to try and help because really they, they don't want to like have to repossess a property. That, that really is the, the kind of last resort. So I would definitely say speak to your lender, look at all the different options, things like, as I say, the, the budget. And I mean, it's easy to sit here and say, right, if you could try and take in a bit more and have less going out. But I know what it's like in the real world. It's not as, as simple as, as that. But the, the one other thing I would say is don't be scared to look for help. There's a lot of people in that kind of situation just now, especially with the cost of living crisis. Bills have gone up. I mean, I, I've seen my gas and electricity cheapers. It's like gone up over 50% in mm. the last wee while. So my, my direct debits are fairly increased. I've seen it both at home and, and in the office, the costs of everything seem to be rising. Even when I go for my shopping, cheaper, so you, you go to the shops and stuff, a, a basket of shopping that might have cost £25 before is maybe up to near 40 at mm. the minute. So, mm. I mean, it's just, it's crazy times just now and hopefully things will, will start to get better at some point soon. But yeah, definitely, like you say, you don't want to bury your head in the sand. You want to try and take some action and, and try and make things okay. Okay, here we go, Phil. As we enter into the part of the show where you share your own life story, what have you got regarding this one on problems paying your mortgage? I know for me, I mean, I've I've always managed to, to pay my mortgage in time. And I have had times in the past where sometimes bills have, have been a bit of a struggle. So I know I know what it feels like. It is difficult times for, for people just now. And 
just got to stick together and try and get through things at the minute. And Phil, we all do this bit as well. You find inspiration through various people you admire and you love a quote. What have you got on the subject of today's show on problems paying your mortgage? I have a funny feeling I've maybe used this one before, but it probably seems an apt one to, to use again from someone called Wayne Gerard Trotman. Burying your head in the sand does not make you invisible. It only leads to suffocation. <laughs> now, uh, Phil is really keen on trying to help you with your financial queries. If you want to help, then send an email to us and uh, feel free to do that. As always, we can ask your question anonymously if you wish. Let's get on to this week's contact details in just a moment. I'll give it to you after this. Here's our first question. Hi, Phil. We've recently inherited a property through a death in the family, and I don't know whether I'm better off selling or leasing it out. What do you recommend right now? You know, some, some people find it hard to sell if they've got an emotional attachment to a, a property. One thing I would say with property is that usually over time, it normally tends to increase in value. So that, that's one of the good things and probably a good reason to keep hold of it. But then I suppose you've got to try and weigh up maybe possible negatives as well. So you, it's possible if you rent it out, you might get bad tenants. You could also have periods like void periods where there's nobody actually renting the, the property. So again, it's I suppose it's just trying to weigh up the, the pros and cons and, and see what you, you want to do. We, we did do a podcast before, should I rent or should I buy? But that was more like doing it as your main kind of residence. But um, with that one, I suppose it's just trying to weigh up all the pros and cons and, and feel what's best for, for you, really. Uh, next one is from John and Johnston, and I'm not making that up either. Uh, hi, Phil. I've heard you speak about ISIS before. I'm interested in opening one. However, for reasons I won't go into, the way I receive my income is in sporadic lump sums. Can I pay money into an ISA this way up to the maximum or does it require me to contribute monthly by direct debit? ISAs are really flexible. So that, that's one good thing is you, depending on the, the bank or building society's criteria, with a lot of them, you can pay in as and when you, you want. As long as that financial institution allows it, then you can pay up to the, the maximum limit, which is £20,000 in the, the current tax year. One thing that's worth noting is that, let, let's say you've paid in your full 20000 in in one tax year. If you then withdraw, let's say, 5000 back out, you can't then pay that 5000 back in until the next tax oh, year starts. Okay. So you've only got your allowance in each tax year. So, But yeah, ISAs are pretty flexible. You, you can also have one with more than one organisation as well, which it never used to be that way, but could open one with one company. So you could do so much into, say, a fixed rate ISA for however long, and you could then do so much into like an instant access ISA as well. So they are a lot more flexible than, than what they used to be, which is really good. I wonder what John and Johnson does for a job that he gets sporadic lump sums every now and again. Do you think he's a burglar? <laughs> I would just say as well, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to uh, take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a fair few topics in there and we may have touched on what you're interested in. I'm John Ellis. Thanks for joining us for the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for Finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or join the Facebook group for the show. Search Personal Finance Community. That's Personal Finance Community on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Or why not email Phil a question you can answer on a future show? His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil 
at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question and Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. And please be assured, we won't use your real name if that's what you prefer. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. And please follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. That way you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. Thanks, John.